Football Team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. This is the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast. Good to have you with us. I'm Chris Russell flying solo on this Friday and weekend edition of the LOWFT. David Harrison is out for the weekend celebrating a family birthday. Certainly happy birthday all around, and we will be back together. Time, thank you as always for being with us. We welcome you, uh, new listeners, one and all. And old listeners, returning listeners, we thank you as always, and we remind you to subscribe, rate, review, uh, and spread the word. Of course, continue to download the Locked On Washington football team podcast so we can continue to do this. Also, you can find David when we are not here on Twitter at dharrison82, at dharrison82. You can find him on the Locked on Bucks podcast with James Yarko, and as well for BucksNation.com. You can find me Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time with Pete Medhurst, Russell and Medhurst on the flagship station for the Washington football team. That would be the Team 980 on the AM dial, the Odyssey app, and as well, the Team980.com. As well, you can follow me in print, WashingtonFootballOnSI.com, WashingtonFootballOnSI.com. And you can follow the podcast at LockedWFTPod, at LockedWFTPod. And I'm on Twitter at WrestleMania621, at WrestleMania621. All right, guys, let's get to it. We've got a busy show. Ben Stevens will join us, Locked On Big Ten host. Uh, for a lengthy chat about what the Washington football team picked up and what was going on around the NFC East. So we will break all of that down. Uh, Ben's great, so we will have that for you. As well, we'll tell you this, that the Washington football team announced late on Thursday night that they signed their entire 2021 draft class. Not a surprise. Rookie minicamp is Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We will be uh, out there, uh, I will be, uh, on Friday and Saturday. So coming up next week, you're going to want to hear some of my early impressions, whatever you can tell in quick practice sessions. Uh, And remember, they're going all against rookies, first-year players that are eligible, i.e. not Chase Young. Uh, There's certain eligibility requirements. There was a problem, apparently one unsigned, uh, you know, tryout player, Um, tested positive for COVID, and that cost a bunch of other players uh, an opportunity. So the players that are going to participate, our understanding is, uh, are the signed rookies, the um, first-year eligible players, and basically a smattering of other players. So really, you know, what can you tell? I mean, it's just a glorified workout, quite honestly. But to get all of the contracts done, and it has become an easier process for sure. Uh, Like, I have no idea why there's holdouts, but sometimes there are. Um, But Washington has been good about getting this done, to get it all done before even one practice. Never mind training camp. One, never mind even OTAs or minicamp. One rookie minicamp is pretty interesting uh, and pretty cool. So congratulations to these players. Jamin Davis, first round pick. Offensive tackle Sam Cosby. 
second round pick overall. Uh, cornerback Benjamin St. Just. Uh, third round pick Diami Brown. Both St. Just and Diami Brown were third round picks. Fourth round pick John Bates, tight end. Uh, fifth round pick Derek Forrest out of Cincinnati. Sixth round pick long snapper Cameron Cheeseman. Uh, and as well, three seventh round picks William Bradley King, defensive end from Baylor. Shaka Tony, defensive end from Penn State. And wide receiver Dax Milne. All right, so that is the news of really Thursday. We don't have an update on Bobby McCain. Uh, David and I covered the NFL schedule release and as well the Charles Leno signing. If you missed any of that, please go back into uh, the archives where you downloaded this episode, and it's the last episode before this current one. So there you have that. All right, coming up. Right here on the Locked on Washington football team podcast will be Ben Stevens. He covers the Big Ten for Locked on Big Ten. And we will break down what Washington is getting in not only Cameron Cheeseman, but Chaka Tony, uh, and as well Benjamin St. Juiced, the third round pick out of Minnesota. So that's all still to come right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. By the way, Locked On Washington football team's podcast is brought to you by Peacock and Williamson, NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering you on all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, preview, and much more weekdays with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We want to tell you that this weekend will be a busy, busy weekend. You have all sorts of stuff going on. You have the NHL playoffs starting. You have the NBA regular season coming to an end. You have the Preakness. You have all sorts of stuff. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. And of course, you have baseball season, which is in full swing. You can track all the action and more at Bet Online. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or your mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. They've got a cool one for the hockey playoffs. Get in now. Don't sit in on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in on the game. Head to the website or, again, use your mobile device and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the promo code LOCKED ON. That's promo code locked on. All right, everybody, we welcome you back right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. My partner, David Harrison, and I had a chance uh, earlier this week to catch up with Ben Stevens, host of the Locked On Big Ten podcast. And we started talking about the Washington football team's haul out of the Big Ten and, in general, uh, Justin Fields and what it was like covering the Big Ten through the draft. You cover an entire football conference and one of the biggest ones. 
uh, at that. So how was that experience for you draft weekend covering the entire Big Ten? It was awesome. I think the first round was a really great opportunity, I think, to get seven guys out of the Big Ten Conference in that opening round. And then a lot of value, I thought, on both day two and day three out of the Big Ten Conference. There were a couple picks there on day number three, and one we'll discuss, I know, on night two as well, that I thought provided some of the best value across the entire NFL draft. And yes, I am biased as the guy they call Big Ten Ben, but I thought there was a lot of great value and a lot of tremendous upside for NFL teams and their selections out of the Big Ten Conference. There was some thought that maybe they could get Micah Parsons if he slipped down the board in the first round. Ultimately, he goes to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, But later in the draft, uh, they do take a couple of Big Ten guys. And I know you're fired up. Uh, So let's start here about Cameron Cheeseman. (laughs) No, I mean, I mean, who could have thought Now, this is the best part, right? Not only did Washington take a long snapper in the sixth round, mm-hmm. but also they traded up for a sixth round long snapper. I mean, a week and a half later, and even though they got a seventh round pick extra out of it, I still can't wrap my head around that philosophy. I, I still can't do it. Yeah, I think it was very, very surprising. Cameron Cheeseman didn't even play in the 2020 Big Ten season, and that's why I wasn't even too certain who he was. I thought it was a huge oversight on my part covering the Big Ten Conference and not knowing there was a guy that played in the 2020 season with the last name of Cheeseman. It turns out he did not play in 2020, but I thought that was a huge error on my part, not enlightening the Big Ten fans across that great community that there was a guy with the last name of Cheeseman playing at Michigan. I mean, you couldn't write a better script. And not only that he was a long snapper select, in the sixth round by the Washington football team, but he was the second long snapper to go in the sixth round in this 2021 NFL draft. So long snapping, a very big priority. It's obviously a huge component of the game. Every coach will give you the speak that all three phases, and we need to make sure we're firing on all cylinders, even when it comes to special teams. And I think having that congruity, starting with your long snapper, is a huge option for it. So if teams feel they can fit a position of need there and they have the priority to do it on their draft board, I guess it makes sense. You just hope now that Cameron Cheeseman becomes comes your long snapper for your franchise for the next 10, 12, 15 years if you're going to spend a six-round pick on him. Well, I mean, one might want to make a joke, right, that Cameron Cheeseman's game uh, has a lot of holes in it, kind of like Jim Harbaugh's tenure at Michigan, right? (laughs) I mean, you might want to make that joke if you're into silly puns and, and, and weird things with names, right? Chris, you would hope, though, if you spent a sixth-round draft pick on the long snapper, he has no holes in his game, and you would go the other side of that joke, right? And maybe he's just a straight block of Wisconsin cheddar cheese. That's fantastic. So that's what you're hoping. Or or he could be a monster at at long snapper, Ben. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm good with it. A monster at long snapper. I like it. There's a lot of possibilities I think we can hopefully workshop over a very long and productive NFL career for Cameron Cheeseman (laughs) that would allow us to have a lot of fun with his name, and that's what we'll do, I think. (laughs) Sorry, yeah. sorry, David. I didn't mean no, to say that. No, listen, I'm entertained. It. Hopefully, everybody yeah. watching and listening is also entertained. Um, so, Ben, I want to go back to the I first Big Ten member. The cheap cheese, uh, you know, yeah. the cheap cheese puns. Uh, let's go back to the first Big Ten member, though, to enter or to, to be added to the Washington football team roster. Uh, and, of course, that's defensive back Benjamin St. Juice out of Minnesota. And kind of your overall thoughts on, on St. Juice's career, uh, his fit with the Washington football team. And then uh, Chris and I have talked about this. You know, Washington right now is saying that they're starting him at, at cornerback, and then they'll kind of see how things go. I like him long-term as a free safety prospect more. Mm-hmm. Where are you on that on that debate? Because uh, my, my experience, just to be clear, is limited to what I saw at the Senior Bowl mostly. 
Yeah, I mean, he was one of the guys that I think at the start of this conversation when I highlighted great value on night two that I think Benjamin St. Juice fit in that category. For the Locked On Podcast Network and all the draft coverage we were doing on draft weekend, I was asked to do a video about some of the names of the Big Ten Conference that weren't selected in round number one that I thought would still be available and go in night number two. And Benjamin St. Juice was one of the guys that I highlighted, mainly because of how well he tested, but also you look at the physical attributes, 6'3", 210, 215-plus. I mean, he's a really, really big corner if you want to put him on the outside or like you're mentioning David transition him into that free safety type of mold which I think he can do based on the athleticism and his ability to really get involved in the run game listen his time at Minnesota he was great in 2019 had a team high 10 pass breakups in that 2019 season the 2020 season for a lot of schools around all of college football but especially in the Big Ten Conference had so much turmoil and Minnesota was certainly one of them there was a pause they took about midway through their season where more than 40 members of that Minnesota football program whether it was players, staff, or coaches, tested positive for COVID-19. So they really shut down for a while. I think that disrupted some of the production you might have hoped to see out of that Golden Gophers defensive unit last year, which was not good. One of the worst defenses in all the Big Ten Conference. But even in that, Benjamin St. Juice was still a little bit of a bright spot there for Minnesota last year. And I think he brings that transition into the NFL at a really high level. I love what he can do on the outside with his athleticism. I think he can be a lockdown corner on the outside, but if they want to move to free safety, I see that as well. He's physical. He can go up and make sure he's a part of any pass breakup there can be. At 6'3", I think he presents some of those physical tools that would translate really well to the NFL. So I thought it was a great pick by Washington. I think the value is certainly there in the third round, and there's a lot of upside for Benjamin St. Juice, however they want to fit him in to that Washington defense. You know, he, he can also, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, he can play multiple types uh, of coverage, right? I mean, I know you can use him as a cover three press guy, kind of like how Seattle used Richard Sherman with that long body, long arms, long, you know, frame, all that. But he can also, and I think this is the intriguing thing about him, and we have to see how he obviously develops, is he can move his feet so you can yeah. put him in man again with that long frame where he can be physical with a guy, but not necessarily if he misses or if he misfires on the jam, he can't turn turn his and flip his hips and run. Is that, is that fair based on what you've seen? Absolutely. From what I've seen, he has great feet and can really, really move. And when he gets to stride, he can keep up with even some of the fastest receivers that we saw in the Big Ten Conference. So I think you're right. He presents that physical presence. He was one of the guys that in Minnesota's poorest run defense last year, he would still try to get involved in anything that he could do in terms of that physicality. But yes, when it comes to coverage, he can still keep up. He has some good closing speed as well. So if he does get beat and doesn't have that press technique, certainly firing at the line of scrimmage, he can still keep up in coverage as well and make up some ground so I absolutely think that despite the big frame he can have that speed to kind of go end to end on the football field as well yeah and Ben talk to us now about Shaka Tony out of uh, Penn State uh, the defensive end you know obviously joining a very stacked defensive front a very strong pass rush what's what's a realistic expectation out of him in, in year one is he a practice squad guy destined for that or do you think he has a shot at making the roster and what do you think his where do you see his ceiling uh, that Washington football team fans should expect so a lot of shine came to his teammate coming out of Penn State, the other edge rusher in Adafe Owe, who was really, really talented in what he could do metric-wise and what he pleased people with his speed and his size at 6'5", 255, running a 4'3", 540 at Penn State's Pro Day. But 
Owe is a lot of a uh, a building piece. There's a hope that he can hit his ceiling, but you didn't see it out of the production. That's not really the case with Shaka Tony, who <clears throat> had a lot of production for Penn State in his career there. In three years, he totaled, I think, more than 13 and a half, 14 sacks. Even last year in 2020, in a very compacted season, only played eight games for the Nittany Lions. He had five sacks and eight tackles for loss. So even in a shortened season when Penn State certainly had their struggles on both sides of the ball, Shaka Tony was a bright spot. That's why he was a first-team All-Big Ten selection this past year in 2020. So I think he has some of that proven nature, and I think he goes to a great system and a great setup for him for the football team and what he can do in Washington. And like Chris and I discussed on Locked On Big Ten, learning from another Big Ten standout, of course, the Defensive Rookie of the Year in Chase Young. So I think he has the production to back it up. I think the question about him is, does that athleticism translate to the Mm -hmm. NFL? But I think he has some good moves that we saw at Penn State during his time there in Happy Valley to be a productive of pass rusher to be involved in the run game as well. So I think he can be a backup, a guy that can learn and grow and has a pretty good ceiling with a pretty small floor where I don't think he will drop off. I think he will be a production, a productive piece for that Washington football team defense. So I think he has a good amount of upside and to get him where he was in the seventh round. Again, I think that's a lot of value because Odafe Owe had a lot of the hype heading into this draft process because of those athletic metrics. But when you look at production at Penn state, it was actually Shaka Tony that performed a little bit better. Ben, do you think they could uh, Washington with Tony, could they kick him down inside and like nick certain nickel packages when they want to rotate and, and 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 keep maybe a Jonathan Allen or Deron Payne uh, and, and who knows what what's you know with Matt Ioannidis coming back from an injury? Um, where they can kind of to get Tony on the field, not only is he going to be on the outside and at the end position, but where they can squeeze him down a little bit closer to the football. I think that would really come down to Washington's strength and training program because I don't think Shaka Tony, as he's currently constructed, could be a beefy guy to go play inside. But if they added weight, I think he has some of that hand technique that I think he could be effective on the interior of the, of the defensive line. We talk a lot about his production at Penn State. It's because he had some really tried and true pass, pass rushing moves that I think will translate to the National Football League as well. But I think they would really have to beef up his stature and his frame to make him productive on the inside because right now he's a guy that can really be uh, flashy on the outside, but I think they would really have to kind of beef him up if they wanted to move him to the interior of the defensive line. All right, that is part one of Ben Stevens. We appreciate his time. More coming up, including the rest of the NFC East. We'll do that next right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you with us. And we're here, guys, for Built Bar. You know Built Bar is awesome. Nine, that's right, nine delicious flavors that are the OGs, if you will. I know David calls the mint brownie the OG, but I'm just going to call nine of these the OG. Uh, Because when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. David recently told a story about his mother-in-law. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. You got coconut, you got coconut almond, that's a lot of coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. You know what my favorite flavor is? You should know this by now. I talk about it all the time. Peanut butter brownie. Anything with peanut butter, 
brownie chocolate is going to be good. And here's the best part. It's great for you. Most of the bars, guys, have 17 grams of protein, about 130, 140 calories. Kind of depends on the bar. Four or five grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs. Just amazing. And they all taste great. And they're all covered 100% in chocolate. Order today. Get that raspberry, the mint brownie, or again, the peanut butter brownie. That's what I would do. Uh, go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and use the LOCKED15 promo code and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, we welcome you back to the Locked on Washington football team podcast. Back out to Ben Stevens joining me and David Harrison to wrap up the look at the Big Ten inside the NFL draft and... Uh, inside the division, little Justin Fields as well. Trio of Big Ten players, Dallas Cowboys getting Micah Parsons, like we mentioned already, uh, Chauncey Golston out of Iowa, and then the offensive lineman out of Nebraska. I'm hoping you know how to say his last name because I, I don't even want to disrespectfully try it, Ben, but what do you think about that trio of, of new Cowboys entering the NFC East that are, that are going to face the Washington football team for at least you know the next short period of time? I was, I was just making sure. I think it is Matt Farniak who is the selection out of Nebraska for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. I think it was a pretty good draft as well. I, actually, it's funny because the Washington football team and the Dallas Cowboys were two of the NFL teams that I had on my show to talk about the crop of Big Ten players that were selected in the 2021 NFL draft. I think what the Cowboys did, shockingly, trading back to get Micah Parsons was a pretty good Cowboys move in that first round, where at times I think they've taken some reaches that haven't necessarily panned out. I think you can see in the way that Dallas prioritized defense early on in the 2021 NFL draft. Those are what they're trying to fill. I think Micah Parsons will be really, really good. I think what he does athletically is with some of the best defenders in all of the past couple of drafts that we have seen. The biggest question for Micah is can he cover in today's NFL if he's coming out of that linebacking unit position? He can get downfield. He can disrupt in the backfield, either getting to the quarterback or in the run game, but his biggest question will be how does he hang with some of the athletic tight ends or whatever he you might need to do in coverage for that Cowboys defense. I think Chauncey Golston, much in the way that I highlighted Shaka Tony there, provides some good value as well, where Dallas got him on day number two. So I think what Dallas did actually defensively out of the Big Ten Conference in their NFL draft has a lot of upside and good value for them as well. So I think both of those selections, pretty solid. Matt Farniak what he does rotating along that offensive line for the Cowboys up front there on the offensive side of the ball. Not entirely sure, but I think defense was a highlight for the Cowboys. And I think the two selections they made out of the big 10 on that defensive side of the ball were spot on. And Ben, if Washington and Dallas went heavy on the big 10, by my count, I don't think Philadelphia or the giants took any one of them uh, from the big 10. So I guess for my final question, I'll ask this. There was so much talk about Justin Fields, uh, and maybe Washington getting by, especially as he started to slide down the board. We know Chicago jumps up with the Giants, right? So that's part of that deal. Ultimately, there isn't a good history here for Ohio State quarterbacks succeeding on the next level. Uh, so I'll ask you, I guess the impossible is in your crystal ball, five years from now, is Justin Fields a stud? Is he above average is he below average mitch trubisky like what what do you see in chicago um with a pretty decent cast around him but not a great cast 
Yeah, personally, I think he's going to have tremendous success. In my mind, I think he was the number two quarterback in this 2021 NFL draft class, a lot closer to Trevor Lawrence than he was to Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, or Mac Jones. I think what Chicago got in Justin Fields is going to be a very, very successful NFL quarterback because of how he especially translates to today's NFL. What he can do throwing the ball, what he can do with his legs and athleticism as well, I think make him a prototypical quarterback and to fit in the offensive system that Matt Nagy wants to run there I think it will be a pretty seamless at least I hope transition for Justin Fields to that next level I think what he can do with some of the reads that he makes with how strong his arm is how he uses that athleticism to benefit him in some of the deep throws that he can make I mean truly the the knocks against Justin Fields and how he slid in his draft stock blew my mind I think they were baffling I think they were all debunked I think they were really dumb I think it's one of those things that in this pre-draft process it's all part of smokescreen and lying season and for whatever reason it was targeted on Justin Fields this past year so I think that Justin Fields will have a tremendous amount of success in the NFL I think he goes to a good system with the Chicago Bears I think he has a good cast around him and I think he will make that offense a lot better I would not be surprised if he starts week number one for the Bears and it's not Andy Dalton because of what I think Justin Fields presents. He had the best season a quarterback has ever had in the history of the Big Ten Conference in 2019, when he threw for 41 passing touchdowns and 10 rushing touchdowns. No other quarterback has gone over 40 or had 10 rushing touchdowns as well. So, Justin Fields, in my mind, is a gamer. He's a guy that understands how to do it. He has an incredibly high football IQ, an incredibly high memory and love for the game. He was involved in the Ohio State offensive game plans, not just, okay, this is the play we're calling, but the why and how are we attacking this defense on a weekly basis. So I think it was a great pick. I could not understand the slide or the narratives about him to get him at number 11. I think the Bears made the right move. And I think anybody that could get up in that top 15 to get Justin Fields was going to find a great quarterback at the NFL. I think Justin Fields presents that for Chicago. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you, Ben. I even mentioned on our show with Chris that if if Justin somehow got to like 15, 14 range, uh, that I wouldn't be upset to see Washington make a move. Uh, let's move up and snag him to be the quarterback of their future as it is. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick will be the quarterback for the foreseeable future, we assume at least. It's, it's not going to be very long. And we found out Wednesday that they'll be opening their season against uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, who also have a trio of Big Ten players. And, of course, there are Big Ten players all over the National Football League. Uh, but just because the Chargers are that week one matchup, getting Slater there in the first round, and then adding Brendan James out of Nebraska and Nick Neiman uh, out of Iowa – how do you feel like those rookies might be able to impact as early as week one, especially that first round pick in, in Rashawn Slater? Yeah, Rashawn Slater is going to start right away. And I think I was talking to Daniel Wade, the host of Locked On Chargers as well. I think he slots him in to be that blindside blocker, to come in right away to start at left tackle. And I think Rashawn Slater, depending on who you were talking to in this draft process, is pretty equal to what Penny Sewell does as well and some of the traits that they love about him. Rashawn Slater is an incredibly, incredibly talented <clears> offensive <throat> lineman that really has a lot of versatility and flexibility along that offensive line. So I know there was some speculation across maybe some other teams that if he was drafted drafted early on, maybe they slot him as a guard and let him develop along that left side to become your blindside tackle. But I think he will be that for Justin Herbert in Los Angeles. I think it was a great selection. They didn't have to trade up or move at all to get him falling to 13. I thought had some great value there even early on in the first round. So Rashawn Slater should slot in and for Washington football team fans, 
go watch Rashawn Slater in the 2019 season because he opted out in 2020 against Chase Young in a game between Northwestern and Ohio State. And that was a piece of game tape that I think a lot of NFL scouts salivated at seeing how dominant Rashawn Slater was against Chase Young. I'm not saying good, not even like kept Chase Young just a minimal part of the game. He was dominant against the, the then Ohio State edge rushers. So I think Rashawn Slater will have a lot of success in the NFL as well. And I think the pick to protect your biggest asset in Justin Herbert was a great one by the Chargers. All right, it's uh, Ben uh, Ben Stevens, with the host of the Locked On Big Ten podcast, and he's been our guest right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Make sure you listen to Ben uh, again on the Locked On Big Ten podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, and make sure you follow him on Twitter at Ben Scott Stevens, at Ben Scott Stevens. Ben, great to have you with us. All right, once again, that is Ben Stevens from the Locked On Big Ten podcast. We appreciate him joining us. We appreciate you joining us throughout the week and uh, as always again David will be back shortly so make sure you stay tuned for that we'll have a busy week coming up next week for you a couple of interviews uh, from my radio show that we'll dabble into we want to remind you to get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. If you have a question or a topic that you want us to discuss, send those in to LockedWFTPod, LockedWFTPod at gmail.com, or call in and be a part of the show, voicemail style, by dialing 301-615-3577. That's 301 301- 615-3577. Lock it into your phone now. Fire us off a voicemail whenever you're feeling the need to reach out and touch your voice. Right here on the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast. Have a good weekend.